saying, Lord, this is gonna cost me, this is gonna hurt me, this is gonna make my future uncertain, but I'm gonna step forward on faith and say, I'm gonna do what you want me to do in this matter. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder, and today we are going to talk more about Achan. You say, who in the world is Achan? Well, Achan was Achan because he he disobeyed God. As the children of Israel were going into the land of promise, they had crossed the Jordan River. God had done another miracle. He parted the Red Sea for them. He also stopped the Jordan River in its flood stage. They came across, they conquered Jericho, but God said, don't take anything uh, it is all for me. This is the first city. This is the first fruits. But Achan didn't listen, and he suffered, and his family suffered. We're, we're going to talk about this principle. I think it's a biblical principle for today in the New Testament, and I want to learn how we can make sure we give our first and our best to God. And this is an important part of our series called First Fruits, and I hope that this is a blessing to you and you learn something valuable and important today. Let me also tell you that we've had a great Gather in Grace event in Mitchell, South Dakota. For those of you that live in the Dakotas, what a blessing you are. Wonderful to meet you. We're doing another one in Arizona. For all of our friends in Phoenix and all the surrounding areas, we want to invite you on February 3rd to come to a Gathering Grace event where we have a very special program for you. I'll be preaching on the end times. We'll have singing, uh, beautiful music. We have great singers that are coming and some food. So if you want to get a free ticket to our Phoenix Gathering Grace event, go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Now let's learn more about the principle, the first belongs to God. Achan took of the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. What was Achan's sin? Well, he later confessed after he'd been caught, by the way, and you want to read through that and see how God did it. It must've been the most nerve wracking thing for Achan in the world. So there's a process of taking each tribe and picking the tribe and then picking the, the family and then picking the person. And it was just like all that was left was Achan. And then he confessed. His sin was to take garments, gold, and silver. He went and buried them in his tent. And after he had done that, God knew about it. Should that give us a little pause? God knows Everything. Remember Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament when the whole church was so excited about what God was doing and they, they just wanted to, to give all of their stuff to the Lord and, and they told the apostles, they told the church that they had sold this property and given all to the Lord when they actually had only given some of it to the Lord. God wasn't asking them to give everything to him, but he was saying, don't lie about it, right? And a serious consequence befell those two people in the New Testament, in the church age, But here in Joshua 7, in the Old Testament, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Achan. What happened? Well, they went to the next city to conquer, and they were defeated. They just won this great victory in Jericho. Now they go up to the next city of Ai, and they're defeated. What happened? Well, they later learned that Achan had sinned. Now they had to solve that, and they went through it. They found the right person, and they stoned him. Now, that sounds extreme. Remember, this was a different time than it is today. But it does show the the seriousness 
uh, and the consequences of sin in life, right? The sin in life. And it doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody. They lost, the, some people died in the battle of Ai. And then also his family was affected in this. Sin never just affects one person. He could have had the blessing, but instead he became accursed. His name was associated with the Valley of Accor. They named the Valley of Accor because of Achan's sin, and that valley has been cursed. It's a valley of trouble today. Now, the Bible predicts the Valley of Accor is going to be the door of hope, and there's a neat prophecy, a twist in Scripture that will come to pass in the future. But never underestimate the amount of damage one person's sin can do. Let's also look at other first fruits examples in Scripture. Turn back to Genesis, and, and often you'll find in, at Quinton Road, we go back to Genesis. Why? Because without Genesis, you wouldn't understand a lot of things. You wouldn't understand how we got here. You wouldn't understand why is there sin, disease, evil, pain, suffering in this world. You won't understand cancer without Genesis. You won't understand uh, male and female. You'll have a lot of confusion. I was at a church conference this week in Upper Michigan, the Upers, and they said, here at this church in Upper Peninsula of Michigan, the men are men and the women aren't. <laughs> like, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, we didn't used to have to say stuff like that. <clears throat> but we can understand <laughs> marriage. I mean, on and on and on. It's all found in Genesis. Languages, okay, the, the geologic uh, record. We find uh, the, the different layers all over the world had to be a global flood. It's all in Genesis. So we go back to Genesis and to understand first fruits as well. And we read about Cain and Abel. In the process, in verse 3 of Genesis 4, the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel also brought of the first firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Why? Why? Well, Cain wasn't very happy. It says he was very wroth. His countenance fell, and then we know the next few verses, that he killed his brother. The sin that lieth at the door. He could have so easily avoided that if his heart was right before God. What was his sin? What was the reason that God rejected his sacrifice, his offering to God? They both brought offerings, both brothers. One was in farming and, and one was in raising livestock. And Abel brought of the livestock and Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. What was the difference? Well, we're not told, and I've often thought that it had something to do with the blood sacrifice, and I still believe that that had something to do with it. But we also know that God accepts, and later on in Scripture we find that he would ask people to bring fruit offerings and grain offerings and drink offerings and other types of offerings. It wasn't just the blood offering. So I think it's more than that. And I think the clue is that Abel brought the firstling. Cain brought his offering. So it doesn't say he brought the first or the best. So here's what I think happened here. Abel's heart was right before God, and he wanted to show God how much he, he loved the Lord, so he brought the Lord the first and the best. And here Cain probably harvested everything, made sure his family was well-fed, and brought the leftovers to the Lord. I think that's probably what happened here. And God accepted Abel, 
but did not accept Cain. Cain wanted to do it his way. Abel said, I'm going to do it God's way. And we see the results. We see the consequences of doing it our way and refusing to give to the Lord or refusing to give our first to the Lord, our best to the Lord. It's a terrible thing when these things happen. Where else do we see first fruits in Scripture? Well, in Genesis 22, we see it again in Abraham and Isaac. Abraham, remember, he was an old man. They couldn't have children. They weren't having children. God had promised him a son, that he would bless the whole world through his son. And uh, they took matter in their own hands. That didn't work out so well with Ishmael. And now they have a son, Isaac, in their old age. It was a true miracle. And then God says in Genesis 22, verse 2, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. What? God had never asked for human sacrifice. God had said to Abraham that his son was the son of promise, and from Isaac would come many descendants as the sand of the sea, as the stars of heaven, and the whole world would be blessed through Isaac. So why would God now say, take your son? And the pictures you see Abraham uh, bringing this little scrawny boy. No, I think Isaac would have been a developed muscular teenager. Remember, Abraham was an old man. Not only was Abraham obeying God, but so was Isaac in all of this, right? As they're going up, they took a three-day journey. They get to the mountain. And Isaac, in verse 7, spake unto Abraham his father and said, my father... He said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac's starting to get a little nervous here. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Now, isn't that interesting? Because that's actually what happened. But I think this is more prophetic. I think these were words of God of a future sacrifice that would come to Take away sin. And they came, verse 9, to the place which God had told him of, by the way. We believe that to be there on the Temple Mount. Solomon later would build a temple there. The same mountain that Jesus died on, Mount Moriah. Abraham built an altar there and laid wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him upon the altar of wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And it was as if he is now up in the air about to plunge down. How would Abraham go through this? How would Abraham accept that this is God's will? We get a clue in the New Testament where the Bible tells us that Abraham had so much faith in God that if God was going to require the sacrifice of his only son, that God would rise up his only son from the dead. You know, God did that, but it was not Abraham's only son. It was God's only son. This is an incredible picture, but it's a picture of bringing your first to the Lord, saying, Lord, this is going to cost me, this is going to hurt me, this is going to make my future uncertain, but I'm going to step forward on faith and say, I'm going to do what you want me to do in this matter. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia. 
diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. The angel in verse 11 of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, and seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. In other words, in Abraham's mind, his son was already dead. That's how much he was willing to have faith in the Lord. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, found a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. Jehovah-Jireh means the Lord will provide. Isn't that word interesting? Not the Lord provided, not the Lord can provide, but the Lord will provide. We're not talking about the Lord has provided in the past. This word, the Lord will provide, you know what that means? It's not just a past event, but it's a future hope. It's not just this ram caught in the thicket that now his son is spared and now this ram will die in the place of his son, but this is a picture of what's going to the place of his son, but this is a picture of what's going to come. And that picture wasn't just Jesus on the cross, the Lamb of God dying on that same mountain for our sins. This was a hope for even past that date into today. The Lord will provide. He's provided eternal life. Anyone who will just receive the free gift of eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. And then there's a future hope of a resurrection. We will not face a second death if you've had two births. The first birth is physical, born of a woman, born of water. The second birth is a rebirth, born of God, born of the Spirit, when we receive by faith one time Jesus who died, the Son of God, in our place and rose again. A lot of people have said a lot of things about giving. One is James Kraft. Without good old James Kraft, we wouldn't have good old Kraft macaroni and cheese. Amen? <laughs> he uh, made the way to mass-produce cheese that, that wouldn't go bad. And uh, He said this. He was uh, very good at giving toward Baptist causes. He said, the only investment I ever made which has paid consistently increasing dividends is the money I have given to the Lord. Isn't that interesting? How about missionary Jim Elliot? The missionaries to the Aka tribe in Ecuador and the Amazon had an influence in my life. I read their books, the five missionaries that went in and brought the gospel and were all martyred there by the Indians. Later, uh, the son of uh, Nate Saint, uh, Steve Saint, has uh, gone all the world with one of those Indians that killed his dad and giving testimony to the grace of God. But Jim Elliott is famous by saying this. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
These are wise sayings by people that understand the first belongs to God. David Livingston, another missionary, famous missionary from Scotland, he went to Africa. Uh, he said, I place no value on anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of God. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Radio Bible teacher that has gone to be with the Lord, J. Vernon McGee, he says that this is going to hit a little close to home, so be ready for this. Don't tell me you're trusting God until you trust God with your pocketbook. Larry Burkett, who taught Christian finance, said the average Christian pays more in interest than he gives to the Lord. He also said that in a church of 100 families, 37 will give nothing. So I don't think he was speaking of Quentin Road because I, I think that most of you give to the Lord and you see the value of that and you see the importance of that. One unknown author said money is so intimately related to the possessor that we cannot give money without giving ourselves. My friends, these are very wise quotes, but the wisest quote comes from Scripture. The wisest quote comes from 1 Corinthians 15, 20, where it says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the, say it, first fruits of them that slept. Those that have died in Christ, in faith, will rise again. Now, First fruits, I think I said this earlier. Did you put that little seed in your brain? Is it still there? First fruits was celebrated the first day of the week after Passover. And if Jesus died on Passover, or certainly really near Passover, I believe he died on Passover, but that's, you know, it's a whole nother sermon. Either way, what's the first day of the week after that? Sunday. So Jesus is our first fruits. When he rose again, it's as if he was waving himself before the Father saying, I've conquered death for all those that receive me. I'm the first of many. You know, that's the beauty of the word first. It implies many others to come. First fruits. Jesus is the first fruit. And although others had raised from the dead by the power of Jesus in his life, they were all raised back into their, their first body. In other words, they had to die again. Isn't that terrible? Lazarus is like, man, I left heaven to come back to this aging body. He had to die again. But Jesus is the first one to raise again into his glorified body. And the first of many who will also be raised to a glorified body. That's Jesus, the first fruit, waving himself before the Father, the promise of many to come. Isn't that interesting? The first fruits, Jesus is the first fruit, the harvest in the future. Have you received Jesus as Savior? Jesus said that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Some people say that's too easy. They call it easy believism. Well, if that's what Jesus said and that's what God said, isn't that what we should say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. In who? 
in Jesus. Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. Jesus was referring to himself. He said, if the serpent of the wilderness was lifted up, even so will I be lifted up. He said later that when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. God wants all people to be saved, but we first have to come in faith and look upon the Lord Jesus who died for our sins on a cross. First fruits as he rose again the third day. He was our Passover. If you have his blood applied to your life, the angel of death will pass over. You will not face hell. You will not face eternal fire. You will be with God in heaven forever because he is the first fruit of many. Have you received that as a free gift? It says in Ephesians that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift. Receive the gift. How? By faith. We are sinners. There's very few people I have to argue about that. And if they start arguing with me, I said, see, you're, you're a sinner because you're arguing. No, we're sinners. We're all sinners. We're honest. Jesus wasn't. He was perfect. He was God in the flesh. He died for our sins. He arose, the first fruit, and those that believe in him, you also will rise in newness of life with a glorified body, without this old flesh, without the sin nature, to be with God forever and ever and ever. We have eternal life. We have the guarantee of resurrection. Please call us or go to our website if you have more questions or you want more information or resources on eternal life. We've got great books. We've got great videos that you can watch that will really explain salvation. Please don't delay in making sure you're on your way to heaven. We are so excited here at In Grace, not only because we're saved, uh, salvation by grace through faith in Jesus, but we're also excited because we can produce some really exciting and insightful resources for you. And we've got a brand new set of resources that I think you'll need if you really want to be equipped to answer people's questions. A lot of people have criticized the Bible and have said, you know, things like there's no evidence that Israel was ever in Egypt or there's no evidence for the Exodus. So I took it seriously and I decided to go to Egypt and to Saudi Arabia and look for myself. And what we came home with will astound you. We have a four-part video series called Exodus Found. You'll hear it tomorrow, part three on the radio, and you'll also be able to watch it on YouTube right now, uh, part three, and you can also watch part one and two. But when you go to YouTube or watch it on TV, you're not getting all of it because we have a lot more that we can't put on television. So to get the entire thing, we're going to send you a four-part, 40-minute-per-episode series called Exodus Found. And that is for all of you that support in grace for a gift of 30 $35 or more. Along with that video and your gift of $35, your gift is going to be doubled because we have a matching gift campaign going on. And we're going to send you a map called Exodus Found. Now, if you can't support in grace, I understand that. We're going to thank you by just sending you the map. If you want it, call and you can have it for free. The map is the route that I believe that, that they actually took, the route of the Exodus. And it shows you how they went from Goshen or Havaris in Egypt all the way through the way of the wilderness in the Sinai Peninsula and crossed the Red Sea at a place called Nueva in Egypt and then ended up at a mountain range called Jebel Alaz and a mountain called Jebel Makla. You really want to get this, and on the back of the map is a guide with all the facts and archaeology and verses to support what we're saying here. So that's for free. 
You can get the video series for $35 or more, and that will be doubled, and you get the map. And then some of you say, hey, I want to support In Grace more. I want to really see Soul Saved. If you can give a gift of $250 or more, we'll send you the map and the video series, and I'm going to send you a beautiful canvas print of the Red Sea crossing. Moses parting the Red Sea. The waters are parting. You can actually, if you look carefully, see some sea creatures in the walls of water. This is one of my favorite paintings. It was done here at InGrace. This is limited edition, and we'll send that to you. And remember, your gift is going to be double. So contact us today to get these Exodus found resources. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and the video series, Exodus Found. For gifts of $250 or more, you will also receive a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. Also, a generous donor is matching all gifts until the new year. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.